Watch this. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Cookie Jar Golf Podcast. I am Tom Mills and today I'm joined by James Bledge. Hello, how are you all? James Bledge is the links manager of Royal Liverpool Golf Club. That's a fairly new thing, isn't it, James? Yes, that's me uh, a year under my belt now. Is it um, a year? Pretty much, yeah. That's gone quick, hasn't it? I just at the end of January I started, so it's it's absolutely flown by. We've had all four seasons proper this year, and uh, I've experienced a lot of it. Uh, it's been a, a roller coaster for sure. This year's been like I think I, I was I was reading. It's had one of the biggest swings in temperature. Like it was forty degrees in the summer, and there was obviously it was like minus fifteen, wasn't it, in the winter? Yeah, we, I mean we had a severe drought this year. Uh, basically, had no rain all summer, and then Mother Nature caught up with us in the autumn, where we've had it's bucketed down nonstop. And we've also had uh, frozen ground in early December, which is, it's not really something that I've been used to being on the Kent coast for nine years, but coming up here, I think the guys were saying it doesn't really happen up here either. So does it not? We've had, you could write off half of December for the work for us between frozen ground and illness. It's been a bit of a nightmare. So Does that set you, does that set you back or is it like, um, it doesn't grow either, like it doesn't grow, so it doesn't really do... Yeah, well, you. I mean, ideally you'd want things to keep growing so you could swallow up all the top dressing we're trying to put on. But yeah, it set us back because we really wanted to get all the bunkers revetted before Christmas. That was our goal. Uh, and we've left, we've come back after Christmas just leaving ourselves 12, of which the boys cracked on last week, done six. So, so how many have you done in total? To do. uh, I think there's about 90 or something like that over two well, years. Re- so we've done 50 this year. Oh, wow. 50 revets this year, uh, including two brand new bunkers on open... 16 and uh, open one. Is that how you refer to them now? Is there yes, I, we're going to, from the 1st of April, we're going to try and speak purely in open speak. It's quite difficult. That to, sounds like for, very 1984, open speak. Yeah, well, it's, it's uh, for me being the newbie, it's difficult for me to kind of learn the routine and then be told that it's a different one yeah. uh, for the open. So when whatever we do RNA walks we top and open open speak and with the team day to day we talk normal holes yeah and to make things even more complicated the irrigation system is pre-changes so uh, okay. the 15th hole is actually the 13th which is the 17th yeah so uh, try and understand <laughs> that <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you Bled. you um you moved up here last year you were at uh, Royal St Ports yep before that um tell us about this hopefully will not be the first time, uh, sorry, not be the last time you're on this podcast. And uh, we want to do some things closer to the open. But tell me about you. How did you get into this? How did you get into green keeping? And how have you ended up where you are now? Firstly, though, before we go on, I'm a massive fan of the podcast. Really oh, d- delighted you, to be asked on it. I got really into it during lockdown. Uh, and I think I've pretty much listened to all of them. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I get I'm, texts from you every now and again saying, I mean, you dive really deep. You find stuff from like episode 12. Or yeah, I was on Trotty Golf the other day, the TaylorMade guy, and, yeah. and he is fascinating because uh, I'm really into my equipment and listen to him talk, and I've never heard anyone talk with as much passion. About so, swing weights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's great. So uh, I would I would uh, <clears throat> encourage everyone to go back and listen to that. But yeah, as as of my career, well, you just got a quick snapshot. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I know that... Um, 
I think when we had John McLaughlin on, he said that you guys were in a similar cohort. Um, yeah. And did I, similar, went to a similar, like, you trained in the same well, place, we, we, right? me, John and I met in 2013 or 12 at yeah. FTMI, uh, which is Future Tough Managers Initiative, which is a, a high-end uh, training course run by Jacobson, who make mores and bigger, which is our association uh, down in Ipswich. And John and I met there. And I was the first person to graduate through that and become a mentor, which I did for four years. And then I've passed that on to John now. So John's mm. John's now a mentor, uh, a far better one than me. But uh, John's a very good friend of mine and he's someone I massively respect in the industry and look up to. He's he's doing really uh, pioneering things on the management side, which you listen to if you listen to the Cookie Jar podcast uh, episode on him, which is fascinating. But before that, I started out as a lad, uh, Dumfries and Gallery Golf Club, which is a, a low-budget Parkland course, south of Scotland. It's made it into your eclectic, I noticed. Yes, it has, for a very good reason. And uh, I was eight years there, a, a club that I still... I spent New Year's Day there this year. It's got such a buzz about the clubhouse, and it's it's very grassroots, and it's just cool. But uh, it gave me a lot, and I try and give as much back to the place now if I can, because uh, I do still love it. Uh, and then I, I travelled about a bit. I was in Miklagard Golf in Norway. It's a Robert Trent Jones course. I'm getting you, some life well, experience. You, you worked out there? Yeah, yeah. I was, there, I was there for a season. How was that? Uh, it, was, it was cool, yeah. Was, I got some great life experience, met some great people, worked with Creeping Bent for the first time. That's the grass, is it? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, so it's, it's a, the Augusta grass. It's probably okay. for, for a layman. Uh, and it can be cut very, very short, and it can run really, really fast. We used to get speeds of fourteen there through the summer. Really? Uh, Why is that then? What what allows you to really, the, really take? Uh, take I guess it down? it's the way the way the grass is genetically modified, and a lot of these common uh, modern cultivars. Uh, they can be crossbred, so they can tolerate close mowing. Okay. Uh, the leaf's quite fat, so it can still uh, photosynthesize without being cut short because you've still got enough uh, leaf blade to create chlorophyll, make sugars and carbohydrate and stuff. So then you can be, I mean, you're cutting, you're cutting these greens at, geez, two and a half mil. You know, wow. very very short. I mean, courses like that's Queen, much lower than you'd cut a fescue, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so fes- we 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 usually go down four. Mm. Four mil, three point seven five. If you want to push them, uh, which I'm, I'm totally all right about. Uh, but the so Creeping Bent would be Queenwood Grove, Wesley. I'm pretty sure yeah. Wesley. These are other kind of golf courses. Are they a bit nappier? Those. Yes, yeah, so you see a nap in them. Mm. I mean, Creep, uh, the Queenwood Creeping Bent greens are the best greens I've seen. For Creeping Bent, they're superb. Uh, Steve you, Richardson, fantastic. Played there, just walked around. Played there? a few times. Yes, very lucky to play there. I'm, I'm good friends with Steve Richardson, who's the course manager there. Uh, again, he's like John Pioneer when it comes to everything he does. You know, mm. he's he would be a fascinating guy to get on your podcast. Mm. The golf badgers might steal him first. Well, we <laughs> haven't talked about golf badgers, so this is <coughs> a new thing for you and Sam Cooper. Yes, uh, started uh, probably a couple of months what, ago, maybe October-ish. Yeah. How did that come about? And are you enjoying? Uh, I think it? inspired by yourself, really. I mean, Sam, before before I came up here, I I met Sam down at Deal and. He kind of encouraged me to, to join the team up here and he's helped and he's kind of been like a big brother for me since mm-hmm. i come up here. And uh, we always said we'd like to do something that was an offshoot from what you guys do, more the greenkeeping side of it and architecture, mm-hmm. whereas you cover the full broad and uh, and it would kind of like almost be like a sister podcast kind of mm-hmm. thing. But uh, yeah, so we've really enjoyed it. Some great guests on and I've got some exciting stuff to come, but very new to the game. Not, it's, um, not at this level yet. 
Are you? <laughs> no, it's not. It's there's no level to get to, Jeff. Just keep talking. Just keep talking until until people listen. But are you enjoying it? Are you enjoying? I love to it. People yeah, it's great. Yeah, I really do. It's. Uh, so I love talking about so this this industry. I love talking about this industry, and I love my job. So it's very easy. And the people that we've had on so far, we've been very. I'm very good friends with. So it's been an easy chat. Yeah. And you're trying to focus on the agronomy and the yeah, it's more more that kind of side of it. Like we don't want to step on toes when it comes to because you guys have got a lot of that stuff covered, but there's other stuff that we can cover would be pretty cool. Okay, but uh, I so going after after working in Norway, I, I plittered about a little bit working on some links courses to get links experience. I did uh, Gullen and Kings Barnes. Kings Barnes a fantastic job. Loved it there. Is that green keeping there? Yes, I still I've always done the same, uh, and then. Built a course in Sweden, PGA National in Sweden, uh, Malmo, for Kyle Phillips. Yeah. Uh, and then came back to Britain and built G West, which, again, God, you could talk about that on a podcast its own. Well, I don't know a huge amount about G West. I mean, it's that's the that's the course that's next to Glen Eagles. Um, yep. Glen Eagles. Yep. The West but it doesn't get played? No, nah, it's not open yet. It's not open. It's uh, Maharal Tajir, Highland Spring owner. Uh, richest man in Scotland wanted to build a golf course to sell housing plots 180 plots going to sell for between 1 and 3 million I reckon and uh, they had the the crash we had recession then we had Covid so the, the, the land is not worth it the course anything. is there good to go yeah yeah it's beautiful it's David McClay kid design Paul Kimber was the architect on site all the time beautiful fescue bent everywhere heather faced bunkers the design is impeccable, absolutely impeccable. And the clubhouse, five million pound build, eighteen million pound clubhouse. It looks like a an Arabian temple. Wow! Uh, it's, it's stunning through areas through Scots pines, and it's it's a joy. I've played it a few times when I've so jumped the fence. So it's just kept as a golf course at the moment. <laughs> it's 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 kept lightly. You know, it's it's very basically kept. Just yeah. the grass is just cut. It's not brought forward. I guess they'll be waiting for. They can just sit in their hands here. It's not worth them opening it just now and losing all that money. Yeah. They need to open it at the product that they designed it at mm. for the business plan. Uh, if it takes 10 years, the money they would lose through opening it early, they would lose more. Yeah. So just keep it ticking along and open it when the time's right. And I pray that hopefully one day the time is right because I put my blood, sweat and tears in that place for three yeah. years and it was tough work. Was it? Real tough work, yeah. So Why? Why, why uh, is it so tough? Weather was really tough. Uh, and are you building this, like shaping it? Yeah, uh, I was I was help finishing it and seeding it. Yeah. So the growing, more the growing. The shaper was Connor Walsh, who you'll have heard of. Yeah. He's done a lot of work. Uh, Connor J. Walsh Golf, fantastic shaper, great dozer driver, great digger driver. I, was, uh, I only learned recently there's a huge difference between shaping and finishing. Yes. I, so, I mean, shaping can be... You'd usually have someone on to bulk everything off to start off with, and the shaper would be from uh, s- stripping and pushing ar- ar- around and getting the, the shape, and the finishing would be if we're on like a, a little sand pro, like a little bunker rake with a front blade, getting or a, a drag mat on the back, getting fine mm. fine shapes and greens. Uh, everything there was done to a really super super tight tolerance, so it's a, it's a well constructed course, mm. a lot of drainage, a lot of money put into it. But uh, how does that? I mean, this is obviously. This is going to go off into a tangent like these things always do. But do they do they show you the plans and say it needs to look like this? How does that how does that work in principle? Yeah. yeah. So David would have had a, a plan for every green, uh, and you can actually see when he started getting criticism for the castle course greens being pretty 
crazy mm. that the timeline on our green started to soften off a little bit. Mm. So our seventh green was really, really crazy. Yet you go into the eighth and it would be a little bit less because he would probably have maybe, I don't know, got the hint or whatever, but maybe he'd learned that, oh, maybe the castle course was just a little bit hardcore for this place, especially with, with the wind. But uh, I, I might be out of, out of line or out of place saying that. I'm not sure, but this is kind of the general feeling I got. Uh, but yeah, you, we'd have a sandbox in the office, which is a kind of little tray with sand, and we could shape it by that, and then we could show the shaper. This is how we well, want like it by to hand, look. They'd... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll have some pictures somewhere that I can send you. But they've, uh, and then Paul Kimber, who was the on-site architect, would come along and and do all the fine, like say, oh, we need to raise that up a little bit in there. And I mean, the tolerance of the three hundred mil depth of root zone was to a couple of mil. Really, we would literally dip it down to the gravel layer with a spike, so you could hear it crunch, and there'd yeah. be a bit of tape on the spike, so we would know. And if if we'd sit and write in the sand, plus one mil, plus two mil, minus three mil, just to get it all exactly the same. Yeah, and then it would rain that night, or it, it would be windy, and we're back to square one the next yeah. day. And this was common, but that's how tight they wanted this course built. And I mean, that that would be in the top hundred in Britain without a shadow of a doubt if it was opened. It's so good. You, you look it, on Google Earth, you'll see it. Yeah, well, apparently you can see it from Glen Eagles, can't you? You can, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. The design, I mean, I could not, you could not have rooted it better. You really couldn't. It makes the use of all the backdrops, and it's got great variation. The parties are superb. Yeah, I mean, it'd be, I'd be heartbroken if I never, if I lived yeah. my life and never, never played it once it was open. But it's just not looking like it just now. Yeah. But after after G West, that's when I went down to Royal Sinkports, where I. Where I kind of, I, I guess, forged my future down there. I had loads of RNA experience and links experience and management because I was course manager there for seven years, mm. uh, and they had to kind of pull me away, kicking and screaming because I'm not very. It feels like I mean, we've been friends for a while now, and mm-hmm. I talk to you. It feels like your heart is in deal. Yeah, I love the place. Like it's great. You know, I, I love the members. Is the main thing. I mean, you had Paul Craven on my favorite podcast. You've done. He's a a great great friend of mine, and. All the guys down there, Tim Murphy, Ren's funny, James Lear's one of my best friends, a secretary. There are just so many super blokes down there and girls as well, you know, and and uh I loved the weather and it was just such a it's such a club club. Mm. And well, they're we, so welcoming. I mean it's that club motto, the Latin for befriend a stranger. It's yeah, yeah. Oh, it's they're true. just so welcoming down there. It's Deal true. week is a it's a very very special thing you don't mm. get that anywhere else we have the outpost club match in, in may which is my favorite match of the year which i was captain for one year so uh, what's I, the premise I, feel like yeah, I don't know much about that what's so the, the outpost the are a group of uh, americans that uh, it's not a, it's a club that's not belonging to a golf club so it's okay. like a travel club essentially okay they've got their own tweed they've got their own uh, apparel the the will smith who was a shaper I think he worked with Doak actually at one point, possibly, uh, and but maybe not. <laughs> but he as a he's got this outpost club together. He organises all the trips and goes on the trips and obviously takes a fee for that. And one of the trips was uh, the English one, which is all the Surrey Heathlands, the nice ones, and then <coughs> uh, Royal St George's Princes deal. And the outpost members all fell in love with deal so much that they all got membership. Did they? Yeah. So every year we have a match where they come across and it's the most popular outpost match. I think there's 700 members now. Yeah. So it's the most popular one. And uh, the year I was captain for I rigged the draw, uh, spoiler alert, 
I'm sorry, Dio members, for saying this, but I rigged the draw so I could play with Kai Golby. He's <laughs> his dope shaper. And my mate Fraser could play with Zach Blair because Fraser uh, really wanted to play with Zach. And he was six up. I mean, Cra- Craven were six up through six and got beat. They got humped. I think they lost every hole after that. But it was great to play with. I wrote, I was that when they did the trip recently? When yes, he was it was exactly. That, yeah, 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 exactly. That. So, he was because he was checking out a lot of stuff for the yeah, tree farm for, for the tree farm. Yeah, so I mean, it was great to play with Kai because I wanted so many questions to ask him about shaping because we were mm. doing so much stuff during that time, and I just thought it was fascinating. The fact that his dad won the Masters and he was such a great golfer as well, but a, a top top bloke, and we've been in touch since. But uh, Dio, you did a podcast with him recently. Uh, well, Sam did. I was sick, but Sam did. Yeah, and it was really good. But uh, the it is a special place and I'd like we can chat a little bit about it when we get when we get onto this whole uh hopefully but and I can tell you a, a funny story about it. But the uh at the the lure of hosting an open, being a wee bit closer at home, exploring a new area and challenging myself more was too much to for go mm-hmm. we're coming to Royal Liverpool. I had to give it a punt. I I, I feel that I don't want to live my life having regrets. Yeah. And even, you know what, even if I did it and it didn't work out, then I, I feel a bit better person for it. But so far it's worked out well and we're making good progress and I enjoy it. Is it what you're expecting? Uh, I guess it pretty much is, yeah. It is. It's it's a very similar club to deal. Uh, although I was more part of the... Uh, the kind of the club club down there because my sheds were right at the club yeah. so I seen them I saw, I saw the members all the time whereas at Hoylake were a bit more removed from that where are the sheds at Hoylake? they're, uh, they're right on the where I live on the seventh hole on okay, the left hand yeah, yeah. side so uh, I don't know as many of the members at Hoylake just now and I've been playing a bit of golf and stuff and trying to remember names mm. you know but uh, it is a fantastic club the drinking culture is on point which I love <laughs> uh, the same as Deal. Although, uh, ah, yeah, so that, that that's pretty important. I mean, the, the, the black tie dinners we have at Hoylake are first class. I mean, there is no better clubhouse on the planet. It's special. It's a it? fact. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. The, 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 the way the girls, the guys and the girls serve you is, is, is impeccable. The, the, uh, the food is unbelievable at Jay Cook's. It's superb. Uh, and the views from out the clubhouse are really good and it's just inside at the decor I mean si- Simon the sector and, and, and it's got and a snooker room yeah the snooker room is brilliant and I hammered the badger on it the last time we were on there as well which is good <laughs> but it's a very special place I had both my interviews in the library which is a dro- jaw dropping room mm. uh, and the club room is special and it's just do you know I, I've had a few members up from Dumfries and Galley Golf Club mm. uh, and I was late coming up to meet them and Jeremy, the captain, met them in the car park and said hello to them and they said they were coming down to meet me and he gave them a tour of the clubhouse. And that's very special for me that they were looked after by Jeremy as if they were one of us. Yeah. And there's no uh, reserve spaces in the car park. There's no snobbery well, whatsoever. No, there's none. No, you can wear trainers in the clubhouse, you know. It's it's not a snooty club in the slightest yeah. and you're treated like a king in that place. So, yeah, it's, it's very special. Is it um, different coming from Dale? Uh, we will get on to your collective 18. I, mm-hmm. I, we will do it. I just, uh, it's nice to ask silly questions sometimes. Is it different coming from Dale where you're the master of your own destiny in a way and you can do whatever you like with, obviously, um, as long as you, you, you don't ruin the course, um, to dealing with the RNA, having to 
get up to certain standards mm-hmm. is does that come with its own challenges is that easy to deal with or are you finding that transition fairly uh, just fairly straightforward well I, I knew that when I took the job on I mean a lot of people said look Bledge you wouldn't have the autonomy that you had at Deal because at Deal I felt that I was part architect as well because mm. we we put in a lot of these sand scrapes ourselves or uh, any greens extensions or tees new tees I would go to Martin Ebert and say look Martin how do you think about doing this and then we'd work on it together uh, so I'd be quite confident in saying that we helped with the team to help develop that course Whereas here, it's maybe a little bit different because there's more people that have got a vested interest in it, i.e. the RNA. If you're looking to put scrapes in or new tees, does it work with the, the open routing? Does it work with the way we're getting people mm-hmm. around the course? Uh, but, yeah, it's just, you know, it's I still have had a decent amount of autonomy here. I would never go out and just start doing stuff without asking. You know, you, you put in a proposal about everything you want to do, like we put in the new scrapes at the 5th. You, you you get that passed, you threw Alistair Beggs, you threw Matt with your green chairman, uh, and then you talk to the RNA, and then there's more people because you need to talk to Connor from the RNA who gets all the traffic around to make sure that's not impeding him. Grandstands, uh, any if there's any sewerage going or water going yeah. in and out these areas. So there's more boxes to tick, but you can still get there, and, and, and everyone's still up for an idea at Hoylake, which is great. Nothing gets shot down. What's... What's the purpose of putting the scrapes in? Is that for the material so you can use the sand for the, the new bunkers? Well, and quite, a, quite a few reasons, basically. You're right with that, yeah. Mining material for uh, sustainability so you don't have to buy in sand, which is very expensive, and there's carbon footprint that comes with buying in sand as well as budgetary. But you're also using sand that's already on the course. You're matching the, the, the specs, mm. or the, grand, the, the particle size, which is good. Uh, so we've mined about 4,000 tonnes of sand that I've got all stocked up and it's going on constantly Yeah, uh, which we can use in bunkers as well top dressing and bunkers as well but for me one of the big things is getting rid of rank areas juicy vegetation that might be low lying that have got no ecological value whatsoever you can turn them into sand areas I mean we've seen seen buzzards flying about these sand areas so far Mm. because it's easier for them to find their prey but as well, I mean, the fifth, for example, Open 7, the one we just put in a few months ago, the aesthetic appeal now to that from the back tee when you're looking over the Open, yeah. it's incredible. I, I mean, I, I, I've i got a good blog that I do for the members called Shorehill Golf. If anyone Googles it, you probably see Shorehill Golf, uh, Royal Liverpool. I've, I've done some great before and afters of what it looked like before. Just horrible, thick, green, mm. lush areas where no one can find a ball. I really, at Deal, we did a great job in that because we kept golf going. Mm. If you hit a snap hook on the third, for example, uh, with your second shot, it would be dead. And that's it. And you're getting frustrated because you're having to walk back and you're holding up golf. Yeah. But quite often, you'd find your ball in the middle of sand scrape. Mm. Keep golf going and you're you're adding a new shot uh, in as well. And that's pretty well, cool. Well, I was at Deal... Uh, just before Christmas, and I've hit a rank shot off seventeen. Is that should like shortish yes, four? Yes, yeah. Uh, hit a rank shot left down there into that sand scrape. And if that was any normal golf course that had rough, mm-hmm. that would just be gone. And it's a beautiful sand scrape. There, just so that, that was. But is it fair to say that the sand scrapes get a bad, a bad rap? Like, Some people think, oh, it's a fashion thing, but I think you need to look beyond that. The uh, the sandscape on seventeen you're talking about, I built that during the beast from the east when that came a deal yeah yeah Yeah. so basically when we're talking about autonomy there was no plans for that i jumped in the digger took the digger out uh it was a load of buckthorn in there Mm. ripped all the buckthorn out dug a massive hole and got rid of it and then we kept on just kept on pushing it and pushing it and built this big sand scrape 
I mean, it was too cold to work outside, so it was in a nice warm digger, happy mm. as Larry, and it's one of the coolest sandscapes ever now. You know, it's yeah. great. And you could probably keep extending that. Because in a way, I suppose, what, like you say, what you can do is you can start to eliminate grasses that shouldn't be there. Or, exactly. Or, or yeah. maintenance problems that these long, or these unnatural grasses cause. You pull your Google Earth back into the, the t- 1910s, 20s, 30s, sand everywhere. Yeah. The broken you know, ground look exactly. Of, so I mean, the old so what, why not? Why not bring it back? I mean, if you if you let natural progression get in the way, it would end up in being a forest in mm. two hundred years time. So you really need to keep pulling stuff out. More I mean, level would have trees. You look around Hoylake. There's whips growing out of the ground everywhere. You know, yeah. you've got to keep pulling them out. Uh, let's make it the way it was, and plus it looks beautiful as well. That's the thing. There's a lot of guys do a really good job of it. Well, I could talk to you about this forever, but we're like 25 minutes in and we haven't even started. So, okay. Bledgy, we're going to look at your, um, <coughs> your eclectic A team. Uh, what I love about this is some of these, like, some of these choices are a little bit off the wall, but come with some really good stories. Mm-hmm. So, I really want to dig deep into it. You said you worked at, I think we're just going to crack through it because I think that's probably the best way to do it. You got past 72. It's not enormously long, six and a half thousand I'm yards. I'm not that long. That's why. No. 250 of the uh, driver. Well, you, you're a big, um, Vintage club guy, aren't you? Yeah, nostalgic. Yeah. You can't be hitting 300 <laughs> yard bombs with these vintage <laughs> uh, vintage clubs. Gullum one. Yes. The first hole. So I love that hole, Gullum I one. I just, you know. you know what? There's loads of great first holes out there, but I really believe in a nice, easy start to your round. And mm-hmm. let's just not. But there's a million bunkers on that hole. It is. I bet it's. I mean, it's not like it's not. It's not a complete scorecard record like the first yeah. hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's just you know. Going back to nostalgia, I love watching the Open when I was a kid, and I, and, I, and I can still hear the noise of a Balata ball hitting a blade off the first at Troon, the first at Turnberry, when the guys are hitting irons. Yeah. And for me, that was always a nice iron off the tee. Quite well, quite often when it was when it was burnt up, and it's just nice that you're in the town and you're playing out straight hole, ready for to be completely destroyed after that. Oh, the yeah, minute you gets, get to the top of the hill the second. It gets offensive. After and the way the, the green sits is nice as well and you've got that white kind of hut that Stuart Duff, the course manager, used to sit and work out. And it was just 302 yards, let's go. Perfect. Do you think Gullen is the best golf town in the UK? No, it could be, yeah. Oh, it could I, be. When you've got all those courses. I know. And I love the fact the road goes through it as yeah, well. Yeah, it goes it's straight through the smart. middle of it. And then you've obviously got Muirfield just down the road, yeah. Renaissance cheapest chips to play there as well that's the thing if you remember at Gullen you get all three courses and the kids course and beautiful practice area Connor Walsh did the practice area there Uh, but my Gullen story is that the the, uh, one of the greenkeepers told me once that he saw Clint Eastwood uh, and Ronnie Corbett and Gullen Spa Shop and uh, Ronnie was carrying the basket (laughs) Clint was carrying the basket sorry (laughs) which is quite a funny thing to imagine I quite like um Gullen with their kids course they've got a um, they've got like a sign up that says adults only allowed under ch- child supervision oh, it's clever <laughs> so that, isn't it? yeah, yeah that's amazing it's so good so um, we're moving across to Northern Ireland it's an interesting choice it's a new hole well it's been newly mm-hmm. shaped the um, second at Royal Portrush yeah I think Portrush is one of my absolute favourites uh, Graham Beat the greenkeeper there keeps the best turf mm. amazing amazing and I think the reason why I kind of fell in love with this hole what is... Do you, what the, do you mean the best turf? It, it keeps beautiful fesky bent greens. Well, more more fesky in them, sorry. They're like 80%, 90% fesky. Yeah. It just... It's firm, it's tight, it's fast, 
uh, trimmed down to within inch its life around bunkers and everything. You know, everything rolls perfectly. The greens, complexes. It's just, I fell in love with Royal Portrush. Yeah, it's, it's a amazing. nice place, isn't it? And the bunker in that hole I thought was special. I love the bunker styles. Uh, it's a, For me, it's a four-shot par five. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long way, and there's danger all down it, and I love how it plays into that June. Uh, Perched up on the hill. Yeah, yeah, it's a superb hole. Great, great complex. I mean, do you know, I could have chosen loads of different second holes. In fact, I could have done this three or four times over, but I wanted to stick with the first eclectic 18 that came to my head yeah. without... I didn't want to study it too much. Do you know? I, I thought let's let's just put because the first ideas you have when you jiggle them about it's probably your best. Yeah. And what me. did you do? Did you do it in order, or did you just kind of dot down your? I fight? wrote loads of good first holes, loads of good seconds. Is that how you did of, it? Yeah, I think I think that's how I did it. Yeah. I went about it by I was just like I just picked sort of five holes that were like my favourite holes ever, mm-hmm. put them down, and then worked around it. So you kind of because sometimes you've got to move things about. If well, it's, it's tough because I wanted to still keep it a good par, a good distance, and a good. Well, you've done mix. you've done really well for like uh, variety. You know, you've got four fives, four threes. It looks like a proper scorecard. So and they're not all in this country either, which is cool. Well, you're obviously fairly well travelled. You've obviously been playing playing golf since you were a little yeah little I think boy. in my early teens. Because you've got Tory Pines North. Hmm. Tell me about Tory Pines. So, is it good? Uh, very privileged as a kid. Mum and dad travelled a lot and took us on holiday with them. And we, we did a, a an American trip. And they basically, we, we lived in the hotel right beside the 18th at Tory Pines. And they buggered off during the day and left me to play golf there. It was dead safe for me to do it at that age. Yeah. Uh, they met the pro and he gave me his range tokens and stuff. And one of the days I played with uh, the female pro and two Japanese, or three Japanese, uh, sorry, two Japanese guys. And the third at Torrey Pines is stunning. You're looking right over over the Pacific, mm. and there's big uh, paragliders everywhere. Yeah. I mean, the sea is unbelievable. It's the best tournament on for me to watch, because I love the PGA Tour, and they have the farmers there in February, I think, January, February, and it's the most stunning view. But I had uh, a three iron, so what is it, 185, but straight downhill, and it had a three iron to an inch, and it was behind the hole, and oh. it never went in. So that's why I, I do love that hole, and it's, it's. Uh, I've only ever played it, I've played it three times, I think, but still, it sticks in my head. So this is, this Eclectic 18 is, it's pretty much 50% nostalgia. Is that something you look forward to when the PGA comes around? I always, it brings back memories every time I do see it. Do they play it. on the north, or do they play on the south? Uh, they play on both. Do they? Yeah. The south uh, is where they have the uh, the big things, isn't and it? And the south is also uh, it's also got a third that's that's similar, but it's 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 more it's more downhill. Yeah. What? There's a third course. It's so the, the the third hole in the south is oh, the right. same. It's 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 another. So you could put the north or south. They're yeah. both incredible golf holes. But yeah, I are they municipal s- out there? Yes, it is there, municipal. Yeah. You, you yeah. had to tie your chain your bag golf bag to the fence to get a game. But the, what do you uh, mean you have to change your golf bag to get you, they, they take a combo lock and you chain the, the locals will go the night before and they'll put their golf bags on the on the fence so they're all lined up so you're guaranteed to get a tea time that's what it was like when I was there it's probably changed oh, now wow. but yeah it's pretty cool it's so kind of like the equivalent of uh, queuing at exactly queuing at the old except uh, yeah, you just, yeah. your bag queues for a tent you. Uh, no it's super I've got a really good photo of me when I was 12 or 13 beside the Torrey Pines 
sign and me a couple of years ago and I was lucky enough to go back with the Bernards delegation with work mm. uh, so a, a, a young and an old pledge but uh, it's superb golf well the, if you take away the sea it, it's probably quite a forgettable golf course yeah but you add it back in i mean it's right on top of the cliff black yeah. beach below the the, the 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 world's most famous nudist beach which i wasn't we'll in it when i was 13 <laughs> <laughs> um right one that makes it into nearly well to most people's eclectic 18 uh the fourth uh, Royal St. George's, we, we yeah. spend quite a bit of time down the kent coast now uh for a few holes the fourth what is it that you like about this? It's sport? a ridiculous golf hole. It is just silly. Uh, it is silly. I adored the sleeper bunkers that used to be in there before it was made rough-edged because that, for me, again, was the open, you know? Yeah. It was the... Uh, Which I'd, ones were the sleeper-faced bunkers? They then? were both sleeper-faced. Oh, were they? The small one and the big one. And up oh, in the okay, yeah. had a, it was like a coffin-shaped... But I think the sleepers were maybe becoming dangerous or falling in. They were coming back oh, okay. on themselves. But uh, I don't know. I'd love to see that restored in sleepers in, in, in years to time. But Did you uh, work closely with them when you were down there? Uh, no, not really. No, no I, I was... The three of us kind of knocked about together for a bit and we, we'd shared machinery and ideas and stuff. But uh, we'd always kind of go a walk around each other's golf courses, especially, well more at Prince's but when they were doing when Paul was doing the sleeper work with Martin Ebert uh, we went across and seen it happening mm. was uh, that taking them out? we wouldn't take them out yeah and they yeah. made it in a rough edge bunker which everyone weeping? sees now uh, it's a shame but you know like it's I don't know it's, it, it could probably split opinion people quite like it the way it is now but I just really I thought that it was probably one of the most iconic bunkers on the planet yeah ever in fact uh, but I mean, going up to the greens, amazing. It's got the most know. ludicrous green. It's tiny, isn't it? Really, I don't know how how big the top layer well, is. With it might not be three, tiny in its entirety, maybe. but the only bit you can putt to is yeah, absolutely yeah. tiny. It is, yeah. It's a superb hole. There's a, there's some of the best stretches. I mean, two, three, four, five, six. Mm. It's just what that's a great. Uh, it's stretch, George's amazing golf course. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's superb. Lucky to have them beside each other. And then you come for princes. We've got them all in a row here, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. We have, yeah. You've gone for more. Again, fifth at Prince's Dunes, beautiful sleeper bunker, playing out towards Royal St George's. I love the way the green sits. Uh, Just perched diagonally, up. which was really nice. Great greens complex. Sean done a superb job. That's the one Prince's where if you go left, of, like left of the fairway, you can kind of be blind. Yes, because that, that's a sleeper yeah. bunker that, that, yeah. that chalks you out there. I'm usually in the right-hand side, rough edge <laughs> bunkers, three-shotter for me, but... And also what Sean had done is he'd shaved the area between the green and the tee down the banking mm. to like, I don't know what he'd be cutting them, about eight mil, six mil, six, seven, eight mil. Uh, so you can hit it long and bring it right back down to the green yeah. as well. So by, this is what's so great about greenkeepers. Greenkeepers can totally change a golf course, the, the, the architecture without an architect or anyone, get, anyone yeah. else getting involved just by changing the way things are cut. I mean that hole was completely changed when Sean done all that. It was it yeah. was awesome. Yeah, it's a super hole. I love it, Princes. It's one of my favourite. I must say we 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 went down there around Christmas time. Um, went down from Rob McGurk host, hosted a whole bunch of people down there. And we were lucky enough to be down there, and the condition mm. is absolutely off the scale. Ah, it is. It was. They were running like so quick. For I think mm. we played it on December twenty third, twenty second. And the condition there is amazing. Mm. It's Sean set up Aaron who to take over from him, uh, set him up a treat, and uh, 
I just hope they go from strength to strength. They deserve every bit. The amount of time, effort, and money that mm. they've put into that project. Well, tra- Rob's transformed it. the place. Yeah, oh, definitely, without a doubt. Yeah, between Rob and Sean, it's been it's been brilliant. They're a great family. And then six, we're back to your your nearest, my and beloved. So they say you're not a real deal member until you've hit the clubhouse, you've hit the beach, ball on the beach. And you've done a bar dive. So the six hole at Royal St. Ports, I done all three in one day. Uh, in the outpost match years ago, I can go one better than hitting the clubhouse, which I've done loads anyway. But I put a, I put a golf ball through Cara Banks's uh, car windscreen. <laughs> so you've, you've had Cara on, Yeah, Cara's you? been on the podcast uh, before, yeah, NPC host. So I, I know our husband, Ollie, came out of the, the balcony. Oh, what's happening here? Oh, someone's someone's put a ball through a windscreen. <laughs> I love it when that happens. What car is it? Oh, it's that golf down there. Oh, right, that's mine. Yeah. So when I was at Cara and Ollie's wedding, my, my uh, tape, my place... Uh, was uh, placed mark was uh, signified by a Polaroid of a ball through her windscreen, <laughs> which I've still got. <laughs> uh, so that was great. So then from there, I went on to on the six hole, which we're talking about. Oh, what a stunning golf hole! You, I That's always the sort go for of it. Drivable, but it's not drivable. I've knocked on three or four times, but it's been heavily downwind. Yeah, because I'm not long, but. Uh, I've never eagled it but it's I always go for it no matter what a lot of people hit iron and lay up for a full shot I've only ever played that like the, the really boring way nah, you've you got think, to go for it you've got you to go for it go for the green because if you're short left at the bottom of the slope it's a putt up the hill I just think it's a lot easier but it's like a big well it's not a big dog leg right but it's like a a dog leg right to a raised green isn't yeah, it yeah straight, straight over a dune if you're going for it yeah then you can pretty much see the benefits at the back uh, and then left, just play down the fairway. But I mean, if you go for the green and pull it a little bit, then you're still putting up the up the slope. Yeah. And it's everything's cut tight around there because we we intentionally cut it even tighter around the back so we could yeah. have more. I mean, this this is the hardest golf hole in final open qualifying for the stats. Really? Three, what is it? How long is it? Three hundred twenty-three yards. The hardest golf hole because you had people there like uh, Callum Shinquin. Uh, going for it all the time and then uh, trying to hit flop shots up when you need to keep the ball on the deck yeah. there. you've got to be hitting a baffy yeah. or, or a putter whatever but I've hit it on the beach that day of the outpost match so that's two of the deal members things chalked off holy trinity and then the third one I was always going to do a bar dive so what's the, the bar dive? so the bar dive and we we don't ever like put pictures of this in social media or anything. You know, it's a it's a if you know you know thing. But we basically, when the, when we've had too much to drink at the end of the night, and Paul Craven's done all his magic and <laughs> hypnotised a few folk, which I've seen quite often, which is amazing. Uh, then we'll get up on the bar, and we'll, you it's a competition to see how far you can jump off the bar, and there'll be a row of guys either side that will catch you and then chuck you up in the air. <laughs> so <laughs> lads 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 yeah it's funny but it's uh you're gonna have to get involved i think, I think that's the thing about sinkports is it it's an outstanding golf course but it doesn't take itself too seriously no not at all which i think is where it absolutely nails it i, I feel like it's more of a rugby club that play golf uh, it's, I, yeah, I think they say y- you can misbehave but you've got to misbehave well or misbehave like a gentleman. Yeah. You know, you don't, like, you can't take it too far because you'll soon get pulled in. I think it's the same with Hoylake. Uh, but it, 
it's things like that are great. So mm-hmm. that's why I mean that's why I love that hole so much. It's a, it's a belt, and I look forward to playing every time. You, you talked about cutting um, that area of six down tight um, to make that shot essentially more difficult. I suppose that you have to putt it up. And I think one of the big transformations at um, Deal is the transitions you you managed to put in between green and tee. Mm-hmm. It flows so wonderfully. What tell us about what you did there? So played Carnoustie years ago. And it was at the same time that we were redesigning the irrigation system at Deal. So after playing there, I came back to Adrian Mortram, who's our irrigation designer. I says, Adrian, scrap the designs that we've done. We want to start again. I want, we need to have this bit like Carnoustie so it flows between green and tea. So we need to design the whole system around that. So we need more heads in here, 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 uh, different kind of heads in these areas. And then I'll work this winter chopping these down, coring them, seeding them, fertilising them uh, to bring them up to scratch. And that's exactly what we did. We 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 flagged out with Adrian uh, the areas where we want the heads to go and we worked inside that. And two years later, we've got the most beautiful transitions and I, I kind of felt that I wanted to stand on the first tee and put all the way around the course to the 18th green, which we weren't far off in mm. the end. What I think is... Is interesting when you have a, a layout like that. So we went to the Netherlands recently, and I played. We played a course called Kenema, and when we played at Kenema, um, they've just done a lot of work on putting in grass pathways and and making the flow between uh, green and tea better. And uh, he said, "Oh, you'll need a course map because we don't. Uh, there's no course furniture. On there's no signage on the course." So we're like, oh, "Okay." Uh, that's quite cool. I like the idea of, of not having signs everywhere. That, that's quite nice. Now, before we went out, I flew the drone around. And because it's so wonderfully grass-packed, mm, I could trace around. the whole golf yeah. course without ever having seen it before. And I, I, I could flow, fly one, fly two, fly three. And I just the whole thing just, flew, just mm. flowed so beautifully because it just tells you don't need a sign when kind of just leads you on to the next thing. I think it's the most important thing. You know, and Craig Gilholm, my predecessor, did the same at Hoylake. Before, if you look at Google Earth and you pull it back, it's all red shale paths, mm. redstone paths. And, I mean, the Hoylake transitions are superb. Yeah. We've got a couple to finish off, but, I mean, it's uh, it, it really is it's first class. And I think that's modern golf. Hillside's done it well. John's doing it great. And I know that Sean will want to do it up at Burtdale next as well. Mm. And watch your, watch your space there. That's what he'll be all about. Yeah. He did it at Prince's, you know. So, Right. Now, going on to something I can't say. Cran sur Ciel, Switzerland. Tell me about it. Uh, it has the Amiga Masters there. Yeah. Uh, I was lucky enough to work there uh, just volunteering. And I was out there for, for 10 days. And one of the holes I was working on was this. Uh, it was the seventh, which is the single most stunning thing I've ever seen. Very short, playing towards God knows what mountain. At Crans, you've got a 360 view of mountains. Mm. Everything different. I remember getting off the train at Geneva and taking a picture of these mountains, thinking, wow. But they were nothing compared to what we were going to yeah. see an yeah. hour later. And y- Is that y- the course is only playable, like six months later? Yeah, because of the snow. I mean, the yeah. ski lifts go right down through it. But I think the, t- the, the, the Masters is in August or September. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is beautiful. The air is so thin that, I mean, these guys are, I mean, what, how long is the hole? 306 yards? They're hitting uh, five well, you've woods. Got, I, I'm going to question this. You've got 306 yards par three. Uh, it's a four, sorry. Okay. 
It is a four. I've seen my first mistake. I can't. I never get through anything without making a mistake. Well, that's good because we all learn from mistakes. Oh, anyway, there we go. It's a sem- par seventy-three now. We've got now. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. We 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 yeah, roll with the punches it's, it's, here. It's, uh, but I mean, the, when you're on that green, you're looking down over the valley, and the valley literally is miles below you. It's so low yeah. below you, it's like a haze. Is that the same course that Seve did the shot yes. to the trees? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The eighteenth. Yeah. 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 Uh, I was lucky enough that week to have a, a photography pass as well, so I could go inside the ropes and took pictures of Richie Ramsey, who who's been yeah. on the podcast, and uh, he won round there. So it was great to see a Scotsman win. Yeah. But the nightlife, you know, it was so funny. Hector, who is the course manager, Spaniard, had said uh, all of, all of the uh, all of the moors, they all have a number plates on them. You can go, <laughs> you can drive them up at the town, and we drive up the town right enough, and we'd see this. Toro Ferrymore parked outside the nightclub <laughs> and Hector would be inside that's <laughs> 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 so good uh, but a special special week there stunning golf hole yeah well it's it's nice when you get these courses that probably you know if you look at it from a sustainability point of view it doesn't shouldn't work you know mm-hmm. something that's under under snow for six months of the year but they just make it work and it's uh, oh, they do they plenty of money up there you know the, <laughs> yeah. there's no spa or a uh, or, or, or spa shop or that in the high street. It's all Rolex, Omega. Yeah, you know it's proper wealth. It's like Monaco. We're going across back into uh, back to England. We got Royal West Norfolk. Mm-hmm. Par five. Is this, is this par five? Yes, yes. It it's the one five. where obviously where the sea comes in and out. Yeah. And uh, I think I've managed to get that right as a five. It's probably a three, <laughs> but it's uh, it, it's a hole that can change with the tide. Uh, I was blown away by Royal, Royal West Norfolk. It's a place I've yet to visit. It's really you love it. It's right up your street. Yeah. Everything, in fact, you will. You're the. I know you well enough now to know that's going to be one of your new favourite places when you go there for well, a load of reasons. We did a we did something with a tie recently, and um, Sam had put on a list Royal West Norfolk, and I had to put a film together, and I didn't have any footage from Royal West Norfolk, but Sam Cooper did, and he sent it across. And like, when I saw the footage of it, I was like. This place looks sick. It's yeah. loads of sleeper face stuff, isn't oh, it? Everywhere, yeah. And I was yeah. like, this place looks it's amazing. It's proper old school. Like in the in the bar, the lockers surround the bar, and there's like two dogs lying sleeping at the at the fire, and it's nothing's modernised at all. Like the the names in the guys' lockers are all faded, but you didn't change them, you know, because yeah. like you wouldn't put anything modern in there. Yeah. Uh, it's just leave it the way it is. It's, it's meant to be like an old wrecked pub down Leith yeah. walk in, in Edinburgh. You know, it's not meant to be fancy. So uh, that's really cool. Great. And you got one of the most iconic ninth holes in yeah. the whole world of golf. Yeah, Royal County Down. So my friend Liam and I went out and played played Royal County Down a few times in, in, in Portrush when we've been out on the trips. And uh, we spent some special time at Royal County Down there just after lockdown. But just that backdrop of that hill. <sighs> and it had been on fire the weeks previous, so it was all kind of black as well. But the bunker in at Royal County Down is first class. Loads of bent grass in their greens. Uh, yeah. Is that a good thing or a bad? Yes, thing? I love bent. I really do. Uh, we've got loads of bent in Hoylake. It's 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 very different from your fescue, but as I've said before, complement each other like cheese and onion. You know, I'm not a monoculture <laughs> guy. I like a bit a bit, bit of both. But it counted down, there's a majority of bent grass. You almost nappy. Mm. You can see kind of the change in them, but they're they're so good. The surfaces there are as good as I've seen anywhere, and I've actually like. Got in touch with Gary, the, uh, the first assistant there, and said, Gary, what's the secret? Tell me. Because 
what are you putting on these things? Like, what are you putting on your fairies to make them shine like that? Yeah, it does shine. Ah, it's, it's superb. It's just, ah, just a little bit of wet and aid in there. That's a terrible <laughs> accent. I've screwed that. That was Southern Iron, wasn't it? Yeah. No, no, that, that was that was Northern. That was quite good. Guys, a little bit more like that. There, so it is. Like Jim McDonald. Yeah. Out of uh, Coronation Street. Are you a big accent guy? No. Let's forget that happened. No, I think you, you, you do accents better than most <laughs> no. people I know. Um, but County Dan's gorgeous. No, that, it is beautiful. And Love that it. um that ninth hole. It's almost too beautiful to play well. Yeah. Like to get it over that hill and down onto the sort of valley where uh-huh. you need to be and You put a lot of pressure on yourself, don't you? Yeah. There's some there's some th- holes I think that are just you stand on the tee box and it's just so breathtaking that you're mm. like you just I don't want to screw this hole up because yeah. it's just so good. But in some ways, if you walk it, you're equally... I, 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 I love if you walk it. I mean, I think with our job and stuff you do, the amount of courses we walk is not to play, as opposed to playing is pretty awesome as well. So uh, I've walked it loads as well. It's just, it's just great. Love the place. Now, you've already included this uh, this course, but you've included it again for its halfway house. I'd like to break a rule here because it's so good. Okay. I mean... The, the, half, ha- the halfway house at Dale is not a halfway house. It's a... A halfway hut. Yeah, it's a shipping container clad out. So it's freezing. <laughs> it's freezing. There's no electricity. We ran it off gas bottles. Uh, Carol, who's the, the... What does she call herself? The nutter in the hut. Or the nut in the hut. Oh, the nut in the hut, yeah. yeah. She's brilliant. Brilliant. So she's... Uh, that's been a recent transition. She loves it out in the hut, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. She loves it. That's her hut. You know, she gets dressed up as a little pixie or an elf at Christmas. She was, uh, and she was like a big Santa Claus last uh, night. Was yeah. And... I mean, like, there's no massive extensive menu. I guess there is for the alcohol, you know, a chicken Kiev or a whatever, or a kumal and a, a silver bullet. Yeah. My friend Fraser loves to drink a silver bullet. Chauvrel. A chauvrel, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can say the story, actually. Well, now you have With, to. Uh, <laughs> when Sean and I played once, and... Uh, Johnny in the hut had said, Bledge, you want to probably just sit in here for a bit because the guy in front, guys in front of you have had uh, eight bottles of Heineken and eight whiskey marks. And as we caught, so we let them get ahead and we caught them up when they were lying. One of them was lying beside the green on the 14th. <laughs> but like, boys come down from the city that are members for the weekend and just want to get away from it all and like really hit it hard. But uh, just they'll have enough holes left to try and sober enough up so they don't, are not seen from the clubhouse but <laughs> I always remember that it was the funniest thing well, that's the good thing about the uh, the hut to deal is it's not the furthest point but it's far enough away that you can sober up by the time you get uh, back that's what we I the deal members were meant to take me down to the travellers club for my leaving do and it was, the morning of said uh, trip Jenny got COVID, so we couldn't go. So Tim Murphy and Paul Craven uh, took me out for a game of golf and we had a two-and-a-half-hour hut stop. And I found out during <laughs> that... When the that only that, thing you could eat is a sausage yes, roll. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's quite... Uh, I found out, I didn't know this, but Tim was taking beers to my team who were building the ninth bunkers at the time. So, <laughs> yeah. Health and safety. I've gone from there now, so I can see that. <laughs> is yeah. it a good... Um, I, I think the profession are struggling to get as many people into greenkeeping as perhaps they once had. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like there's really good camaraderie in the profession of greenkeeping. Is that about right? I would say so, yeah. We're all great friends. Some of the best friends I've ever made in greenkeeping. And I'd like to think we're turning a corner to try and get people back in. Wages hopefully are starting to increase. Uh, I mean, 
golf courses are should be thriving after COVID. You know, mm. we all made good money through COVID and, and everything increased. Uh, I think we need to be positive about it and keep pushing our industry. Uh, and if I'd like to help as much as I can with that, like, and try and grow, grow the industry from mm. it's such a great. Is it difficult to get into? Not necessarily. No, I've got I've got two jobs up advertised just now, and, and possibly do you need, looking do you need in for an apprentice. Uh, I, I would be looking for someone who is a good person and would work well on the team. We teach them everything else, mm. but. Uh, so in this like, case, you I'm don't need some. necessarily to have done a qualification. So. Not necessarily, depending on what level you want to bring them in. And if I'm just bringing in a, a, a greenkeeper at the bottom level, it's all about your attitude. It's the mm. most important thing. Being on time mm. and your attitude and getting on well with the team and being a hard worker. Uh, everything else you can you can teach. It's got some quality uh, working hours. I like getting up early. It's good. But the, the problem with that now is that's you for the rest of your life. You can't have a long lie ever. Is that, Five o'clock no. every weekend. I think I'm that's because you're you've got two kids as well. I think yeah. once you've had kids, you, I know, I know. the lion's just gone anyway, that's isn't it? it. Ton. We've digressed. Lytham ten. Yeah, I think the front ten at Lytham is just some of the best holes ever. Mm. And ten is just. I mean, gorgeous. nine's amazing, and then you get onto ten, but eight's amazing, seven's amazing. yeah. Lytham played it last year for the first time, played it twice since. Adored it, absolutely mm. adored it. I mean, that's a great, great hole playing through that June with with the bunkers on the right. Mm. Just. Uh, 10 is difficult because there's so many good 10th holes. I mean, mm. I'd love to put the 10th at deal on. There's so many others, but uh, obviously I had to get that in there. I mean, Lytham, high-end track. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, really good. Sneaky good, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's, it shouldn't be because it's got all the pedigree that it's got, but it's just, I think it's got some of the finest bunkering. Oh, uh, you can't play around there without going in. I was in dozens and dozens of bunkers. And yeah. they're just so, their effective size is just so large. They yeah. just swallow you up. Ah, from yeah, because of the swales. The eighth, seventh, maybe the long, the long five. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. I mean, some of those bunkers are enormous. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're uh, absolutely a, I've, I probably had a train there as well. <laughs> 12, Southern S. 11, Sunningdale Old. Oh, I missed out Sunningdale Old. Perhaps I thought it was so obvious. We've that got we'd a, well, this is what James did, mixed up with being the uh, the 10th, didn't he? Because of the halfway hut stop had uh, confused him. Yeah, it's after 10, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously. 10th is, is the elevated. 10th is a beautiful, picturesque, down the down hill, the hill yeah. with it all in front of you. Halfway hut, sausage, and I agree with James, without butter, sorry, without bread, no carbs. Get your advantage on your playing partner standing up there with a full belly. Brown or red sauce? Uh, no, I just have a sausage in its just own. Just eat the sausage. I'm plain Jane. Okay. Just, just give me a sausage and, a, and I'd probably have a beer. Oh, no, I do like the bread. Uh, uh, I'm not a bit big butter pe- person. That, uh, so stand up there. And uh, like James Dade said, I'll go for the green as well. Because 11th a is a short person. four, isn't it? It is, yeah. With a little nook, like the green's just a little nooky. Blind over a beautiful sand scrapey bunker into the face bunker on the left plays a little bit to the right with some beautiful standalone Scots pine trees mm. rapid greens uh, and it, you just knock it down there and just try and a, a low lofted club and chip her up uh, it's a sign the old is my favourite golf course of all time that's it done I would say so I have, it's the best I've played I, I mean if I had to choose if you were holding a knife to my throat you know but it's I mean, I do love Lynx golf, but I think because I've spent so much time in Lynx, I think Sunningdale, every golf hole I could remember a year later after playing it for the first time. I could remember all the shots I played, which makes it special to me. Every golf hole is picturesque. You could 
photog- photograph it from the tee, the green, everywhere, mm. all around. Sometimes with links golf, you can it being flat and you can sparse, you can lose mm. some good photographs. It's harder to photograph, but Sunningdale Old is gorgeous ridiculous, place, gorgeous place. Yeah, I think the Heathland golf in general, like there's so much of a spotlight on links golf in mm. the UK, and I think I think partly because it's not it's not doesn't just like you don't only get links in the uk but it's where the majority of the links are mm-hmm. and i think it's obviously wonderful links is, is wonderful golf but the heathland golf is yeah i love heathland golf. so yeah. good it's a great break for me to get off the links and get on the heathlands yeah. and i've got quite a few left to tick off so hopefully in the future but great course i do apologize southerness 12 uh lucky enough to be a member at southerness i played some junior golf there uh, and get back when I get now that I'm living in Liverpool, I'm three hours from home. So when I do get a chance to go back, we play it every time, which is great and very lucky to be to get back into the club. Actually, it's nice. But twelfth hole, long hole, playing out to sea, and behind the twelfth on the on the beach there was the first time I ever drove a car. I drove my mate Melvin's Fiat Panda. <laughs> I think it was red. And we'd take it along with the lighthouse of Southern Ness and along the front. Uh, six, 17 maybe. Oh, okay. So you were legal. Yeah. Uh, he just, he was the first out of us lot to pass his test. So uh, hopefully I'll listen to this. Melvin, he's, we call him Melvin. He's, he works in, he's an oil tycoon in uh, Houston. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but uh, he'll have a laugh at that. But he, we, we used to do donuts and stuff from, from, on, the, on the beach. But uh now with natural progression you can't get along the beach now it's all rocks so oh, is it? I've no idea how that happened but it used to be able to drive right the way along and now it's all like screen rocks and stuff so uh, but a, what a stunning golf hole and it was so picturesque with Criffle Hill behind it and the heather uh, it, it, it's a cracker it really is if you make par on that hole you walk off like a king you used mm. to always go up and be grey stuff all over it and what's that? ashes people would quite often scatter oh, their really? ashes on it members <laughs> because it was that famous a spot yeah. but yeah Southern S high end golf course we've got a few now we've got a little short three Trilly Trilly some of the best par threes I've played in Ireland Trilly really? Ballybunion La Hinch I mean you're playing in over canyons to I mean the, the the topography is nuts is it especially in that whole these huge big dunes bit, yeah quite a bit yeah I'd like to do more I've done like down the west corner and obviously bits in Northern Ireland but there's so much to discover mm. maybe I can go on Sam's trip with him when he does the links in the road do you think he's going to do a links in Ireland I think I think he should do uh, I'll go instead of Harriet if she doesn't want to go <laughs> she could stay here walk the dogs <laughs> yeah yeah um, and then your home club yeah Dumfries and Galloway so Again, for me, nostalgia. 14 was, uh, this is old 14 before it changed, but it was, uh, that's why I'm going to cheat here. It's essentially like two par threes. Hmm. You've got to play, the fairway's very, very kind of small to hit, and then you've got to play that with an iron, and then and then another shot, like playing another par three onto the green, which is wedged into the side of a hill. My Aunt Marlon, Uncle Ian, used to live in the house at the bottom of the hill, so I used to always go and pick golf balls up from folk yeah. that tried to drive it in their garden so whenever mum and dad used to go out to Aunt Marlon's but, oh, can I run up the hill and run up the hill and pick up all the balls and you know I can still remember that it's still yeah. it still really excites me to think about that uh, but it's uh, yeah I, I can picture club championship finals of the guys that I used to look, look up to as a kid there and that's why it's such a special golf hole 
it's um it's nice to have included something I think that's more nostalgic than than anything else. Mm-hmm. Is that was that a big influence on you getting into golf and working in golf? Do you think? Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's that's what it's all about for me. Is I love memories. I'm a memory person. I love taking photos of everything and. Uh, like sometimes I'll just walk that course and just sit down, just take it in mm. because I can I can still hear the sounds and the noises and still remember stories of stuff that I've seen there or the way I felt at the time. I'm quite a deep person when it comes to that and golf's given me that and golf courses have given me that. Mm. Uh, and yeah, Dumfries and Galloway definitely has. You know, it's just pure nostalgia. This one isn't nostalgia, I don't think. It's just a worldie of the three. Didn't you used to work at King's Yeah, Barnes? I worked at King's Barnes, yeah. So this is... The reason why I love the 15th at King's Barnes, Ennis used to say, like, so if you were raking bunkers in the morning and you got the, f- the section where we down by the 15th and you knew that the tide was in the night before and there was a load of Americans playing and the tide was out that morning, you could go down and just pick the balls off the beach like pearls. <laughs> pro-V, Pro-V, Pro-V. There was some mornings you didn't have enough room in your pockets, you'd be bulging. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, it plays so different from the front left if a pin was there to the back right. Oh, yeah. I've never been near to getting a hole in one there, but I, mean, I imagine getting a hole in one there must be the best feel in the world. It's the closest to playing Pebble Beach or mm. Cypress Point as you'll ever get playing 15, 16 at Kings Barnes. Yeah. 12. Jeez, what a golf course. Yeah, it's a wonderful golf course. Uh, I, I, I was so privileged to work there. Like, I, and I always knew it, you know? I always knew, I always looked forward to going into work and was never desperate to leave. Great place. Royal Liverpool. Yeah, our 16th hole, which is going to be the 18th in the Open. Open 18, that's yeah. what we call it. 25-yard uh, wide fairway with a internal out of bounds. I think internal out of bounds is a great thing. People slate People it. People hate it. It really, really um, splits opinion. Uh, why not, though? You know, it's like, well... You, you, It'd be a bored hole, that. It would be. It wouldn't be the hole that it is, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm more often out of bounds with my second shot there than yeah. I am in. But it's. I love the way that the the dog leg is. I mean, you if you're needing a score on that last hole to win the Open, you've got to pipe it down there to the corner. Well, now they've got uh, the new tee, which is much further back, really far back. Because McIlroy was hitting five iron in there, so it doesn't matter if you're hitting five iron in a par four or a par five. It's a great golf hole. Mm. If you've got to hit a five iron, and so now if they've got to hit a three or a four. It's going to be even better or a rescue. Wow. Well, it'd be nice to see. Um, we had Martin Ebert on the podcast recently, and we talked about the lengthening of that hole. It'd be nice to see them having to challenge mm-hmm. the uh, the out of bounds and go over it, as opposed to bullying your way past it and then just playing uh, parallel to it. If they have to, if they yes, you know, have to play over it a bit, mm. that'll bring in a bit more. And definitely, because it's going to be that much further back. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And so the the team actually, as we speak. Uh, this week are uh, reventing the bunkers on that hole, so that's the last one to get done. Okay. Uh, and it's a beautiful picture looking at the three bunkers on the left-hand side of the green with the clubhouse in the background mm. before the stands go up. Yeah. <laughs> it's di- it looks so different when the stands go up. Oh, I know. Like- well, oh, I don't know, but I've seen pictures. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like I, I've seen it on TV, and I don't recognise it when I stand there. You know, what I mean? we've been quite a flat golf course. It's going to give it definition when the stands yeah. are up, and it'll make it what it is. Yep. And then a couple of uh, Celts to finish. Mm. Bally Bunyan, seventeen. Yes. Back to back five, strong. Aye, uh, another beautiful hole right down by the sea as you're playing back up and. I, I I was really impressed with the condition of Bally Bunyan and just the feeling. The best uh, Guinness and Hot Wings combo I've ever had as well. 
Is and the right? clubhouse is superb there as well, looking out to sea. And uh, I went across with a, a good friend, uh, Kevin Atkinson, Mark Chapman, Sam Smitherman, who's a pro at, at uh, Walton Heath. Mm. Uh, and we had a super trip down there in Bali Bunyan, I just thought it was superb. Really great. And that's where we got the idea from raking bunkers with brushes, with soft, soft brooms. To get that really what, smooth that, face. That was, that's what you do it. We did it deal and then brought to Hoylake, yeah. So they What, just the team or everybody? Uh just the team. Just to to, to get that really compact uh bowl shape with a yeah. soft broom that you would sweep a, a shed floor with. Yeah. They do that at Bali Bunyan over the whole bunker, so they're all super bold and panned. Uh, whereas we do it here, but we rake the middles just so the ball fluffs up a little bit yeah. more, otherwise it'd just be too tough because the sand yeah. here gets a bit firm. Yeah, mm -hmm. but yeah, Bally Bunyan, different class, great golf course, fescue everywhere, and the most magical finishing hole, mm -hmm. and possibly the world. Mm -hmm. You got a good story about playing the old course, don't you? Yeah, so <laughs> I've waited my whole life to play the old, and the morning of we played nine holes round scott's craig which is great and i felt warmed up went hit loads of drivers on the range at st andrews thinking and i piped it and i was like yeah really confident and rob mcguck texts me saying oh I'm, I'm in st andrews i'll come and i'll come and film your first tee shot and i was like right okay i'm feeling good i can do a good one and i just basically just stood up and just hit a straight necky top that <laughs> just cleared the road in fact my right foot was on the road and it was so windy as well but i didn't manage to hit the green too i just scraped off with a five at the first uh, on 17 I hit the hotel like it was <laughs> window bound for the minute it left the face and on 18 I snap hooked it and just stayed in bounds it was 7 over par for 1-7-18 I was 1 under for the rest so I managed <laughs> to get round 6 over which was happy like the occasion just completely eating it you did up. it just ate me up you know it, it does that to you I think it's well, especially the most incredible what, what golf is course like a I mean, I suppose the the burn can make it complex a, a little bit, but it shouldn't be that it's complex. Tough, right? that if you've got to get over that still, you know, and you're, you've loads of people watching you. And 18 really shouldn't be No, 18 should hard. be dead easy. But, I mean, there's people out in the balconies watching you. There's and always someone you. watching you in the old, isn't <laughs> yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. sometimes whenever I'm, I, you know, I'm fortunate enough to go to St Andrews quite a bit. And whenever I'm there, if I'm, if I'm, if I've got a spare five minutes or ten minutes, I'll just go watch people tee off down one and watch people come uh -huh. put down 18 no, it's, it's the most amazing place uh, I, I've never played a golf course like it uh, before going there I remember having this argument with Tim Murphy the deal member he was he doesn't dig it as much you know he's like oh, there's only three good holes kind of thing and, and I'm like rubbish absolutely I thought two round to 16 were phenomenal Yeah, great golf holes I was lucky enough to go up and watch Shadow Sandy Reid this year at the Open the courses manager of all the courses at St Andrews and just fell in love with the place even more. It's everything about it, the conditioning, mm. the, the, the design, the layout, you know, they just the feel, you know, when you're playing back, playing out of town, you're playing back into the town, mm. like you know what's coming up, you know that, oh, I can't wait for that 17th tee shot, I can't wait to hit the hotel. But 16 is <laughs> tough, 15 Yeah, birthday 16, had a really good birthday at 16, you know, and I always remember that, the rest of my life I'll remember that. I've only played That's the old ones. That's a great birdie at 16. Yeah, I, I drive wedge to 10 feet and hold a putt. And then I was, I was delighted, you know, and that wouldn't matter. So even we, we took caddies as well, which worth every penny. Yeah. Taking a caddy. But I'd love to play the old again. I think 
hopefully I wouldn't let myself down as much as I did in the first well months. going around in seven hours not letting yourself down six, too six much. over six over six pal over. six over aye <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's uh, the scores that you can score around that course that you can yeah well I've only played it twice and it was in the same trip and the very first time I played it I was one under gross through ten nice uh, and then we turned around and I th- I'd be surprised if I broke 90 aye uh, it was howling down on the way out. Ah, so I was right, just, okay. like, so I was just like, fine on the way out. And as soon as it turned around, I was, it's like I'd never played golf before. It's, it, it's but that's ma- where the old course is, is brilliant. Mm, it is, it's, it, it's one in a million. It's funny, the guy we played with hold a huge putt for a four after snap hook shank and then a thin to the back of the green to hold a putt the length of the green for a four and the cheer that went up from the, the balconies all the students and people all around was, was amazing yeah uh, and then that's what makes it special yeah it's a yeah. truly special place yeah. but Bledge it's been an honour having you on the pod I hope to get you on before the Open kicks off uh, this year in Hoy Lake and we'll chat about everything that goes on but thank you so much for joining us on the podcast thank you very much for having me I've always wanted to come on so it's been been good fun doing the eclectic 18 was uh, it a difficult task or was it i'd like to do another one just for myself i think you could do loads could <laughs> yeah you? You i was, could, you I was thinking about going. doing a series called the nostalgic 18 yeah uh, we're just like it's all stories it doesn't really matter about uh, the, pretty uh, much uh, that's that's where that's where it comes from for me i'm not as i don't dive as deep into the architecture side of it as you probably notice mines are more kind of stories or what rings a bell yeah but me. that's that's what it's about isn't it yeah, no it's great it was good fun i really enjoyed it and great catching up Badge, thank you very much Thank you. Watch this.